Hey, James here, sidekick in residence at The New Conspiracist. Just reminding you, we've got a bonus episode this week, and this week it's double David. It's more David Schneider, this time talking about dead cats and the furry knoll. What could it mean? (laughs) Furry knoll kills me, man. Hello and welcome to The New Conspiracist, the show that goes digging in the pits of the internet and regurgitates the very best and worst theories we can possibly find, purely for your entertainment. I'm Jolyon Rubinstein, your slightly hoarse but very present host, and I'm here, as always, with my man friend, my super sidekick hero, here to steer the ship in a reliable and yet hilarious way, James Ball. Hello, Jamesy. Good morning, John. I missed you. It's been too long. So, well, you did have, like, the world's best controlled case of COVID. I well, mean, if anyone wondered it was man-made, did you not, like, manage to end it to within the hour well, you wanted? I did speak to the Chinese government and was able to confirm uh, there was definitely a man-made virus. And they just sent me the antidote. It was amazing. Very nice of them. On the back of lovely, a monkey with fact. pox, which was quite unusual, surprising and yet quite wonderful. On that cheery note, who's our guest this week? Well, this week we're joined by someone who I think it's fair to say is a comedy legend. He's also one of my personal heroes, so I'm going to try not to fanboy all over him too much. You may know him from such TV classics as The Day Today and Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge, you shit. Plus, box office smashes Mission Impossible 28 days later and the death of Stalin, no big deal. Not to be confused with the American cultural anthropologist of the same name, I talk, of course, of David Schneider. It's good to finally get a decent guest instead of all those crap ones that we've had on the other week. Yeah, all these boring people with their academic backgrounds. So, this is The New Conspiracist, the podcast that dives into the silly and serious world of conspiracy theories. Joel, what are we discussing this week with David Schneider? Well, it is a big one this week, and it's one I know we've all been waiting for. It's, of course, Who Shot JFK? How are we, David? Uh, I'm very well. Who's this anthropologist guy? Who's this rival with my name? He's an American cultural anthropologist, and unfortunately for me, all of my notes and prep work thought that you were him. (laughs) (laughs) I can try. I'm an actor. I can try. (laughs) I'm actually um, David Schneider 4 on IMDb, and there's three others (laughs) who are getting older, and I think I'm going to be promoted to, by the time I'm 70, David Schneider 1. My IMDb says I was like the lead documentary subject in a film called 420 about like... (laughs) marijuana and uh, the industry before legalisation. You are a massive caner, James. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. fair enough, isn't it? Just that's take good, it all. It? Just accept it. Yeah. yeah. If it improves yeah. your rating. There's a secret rating that you can get with IMDb Pro, I think, where everyone in the world on IMDb is ranked. Did yeah, you know that, Joe? definitely. I it's did very not know that. Yeah, yeah. There was a time where I was around back in the 90s. This is the first of my many back in the 90s stories. <laughs> back Warning. In the 90s. If it makes you nauseous, someone saying back in the 90s, then you're oh, listening to the wrong podcast. But um, I was around number 2000 in the whole wow, of the whoa. world of actors. Massive. Which was really big because it's worked out on um, financials uh, of the Ooh. movies that you're in. And I happened to be in Mission Impossible. That's a small part in the all just that, no big, no big, yeah, just that small thing, mission impossible. And so, yeah, I was around number 2,000 in the whole world of Wowza. acting. Wowza. So, yeah. That is amazing. I mean, look, I want to just say here, you know, without the 
unbelievably hilarious, mind-bending work of things like the day-to-day. There is no way the revolution we televised would ever have existed. We were absolutely, you know, building on the back of giants. Is it, is it strange for you? Because, I mean, this must happen a lot where you meet other comics and stuff. When you were making that show, did you realise the impact it was going to have and the longevity it would have? I don't think so. I think some of us did. Uh, I, I think Patrick Marber said to Steve famously um, uh, that you realise that kids are going to be saying aha in the playground. I <laughs> go, what? Um, but obviously that's true. So yeah, you just uh, you just get on and you make, I mean, as you know, you make what you think's funny and you hope that it it, it does well. Um, I mean, it's, it's got to be quite weird for something like the day-to-day where, I mean, I routinely use the day-to-day gifts on Twitter. Yeah, uh, Just because it's the easiest way to express uh, almost anything. Yes. It's it's quite weird to see those sort of second lives that you could it's never so have imagined yeah. at the time. I have a uh, struggle sometimes with the, you know, the partridge shrug of gift, course, <laughs> which is really useful all the time. But obviously I'm on the other side of that. And it feels a bit sort of, what's the matter with this guy's ego to post the partridge shrug and How many times have you had just people literally just push blocks of cheese into your face? Uh, you know, like, yeah. I mean, that must have happened. It's happened at restaurants. It literally has uh, where they came with a platter of cheese. But Did you, they then let you keep the cheese? Well, yeah, Did you I give didn't them have to a pay series for it. that yeah. day? Oh, okay. Although, I mean, unfortunately, I'm dairy allergic. Oh. And that, that was very disappointing for them. Um, people come up. I think it was Nadine Andrews. Oh, um, wow. Who's, yeah, I was doing a thing with him and he came up to me. And the first thing he said to me is, who do you think you are? And I thought, oh, it's all kicking off. Bloody hell. Because um, I didn't realise that was a quote from the Partridge scene. That You know, so it's, it's very flat. Flattering, of course, to been in something that's so iconic. There and- are so many wonderful moments. I was watching again recently and forgetting, you know, the Backstreet Dentists. Yeah. You know, and yeah, thinking, yeah. actually, this is quite terrifying now, given the yeah. waiting lists. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This stuff has gone beyond satire. Yeah, some of it, well, like your own stuff, some of it has longevity beyond, you know, you think it was done in the 90s. Here we go again, back in the 90s. Back in the but 90s. It's, but it's still... We're going to have to get a jingle for that. Yeah, back in yeah. the 90s. Yeah, I'll record it, yeah. <laughs> um, but it still has an effect now. Oh, know? I think, I mean, I was watching, for my sins, Piers Morgan's new news programme. Oh, it's good. Uh, he's got a viewer at last. The opening <laughs> title sequence is the beginning of the day-to-day. Is it? It is oh, terrifying. It, it, is, it has to be said, it is hilarious. <laughs> I just was mental. like, what is going on here? Is someone just actually taking the absolute piss out of him in the studio and going, <laughs> look at these incredible infographics that we've created. Oh, fully man. expecting Fox's heads to come and start, <laughs> you know, lighting up on graphs. Crazy. I remember the first time I saw the day-to-day go out, because obviously, as you know, you put it all together and, you, and then Armando and Chris would take it away, Chris Morrison, they would edit it and then you see this thing with all the bells and whistles. And the first time I saw the theme tune, because it goes on and on, it just it doesn't, does. it doesn't <laughs> resolve uh, and then it still doesn't resolve. I just thought, this is fantastic. Have I ever told you about the first time I met Chris? No. So uh, he was obviously like, you know, in my head, a comedy god. My brother, just before I got to this audition for Nathan Barley comedy, goes, just so you know, he's got a birthmark on half his face. Did you? And I was like, my God, I'm so glad you've told me that because I probably would have been in such shock. I had no idea. And I was put into this very, very small room at the bottom of Baby Cow. And he just walked in, didn't make any eye contact with me. Right, right, right. Listen, so you're a pop star. Uh, you're in Amsterdam. I'm a journalist. Uh, you, you're just recording your new album. Uh, you've just racked up three lines of coke uh, <laughs> on this guitar. You, you go into the vocal booth to record them. You come out and I've done them all. Go. And I just thought, 
is going on. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, it was, you know, one of the singly most wonderful moments as well, because, you know, you're playing off someone whose work you admire so much. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what was that like being encased around? Because they're so different, Chris and Armando. Yeah. Like, if you know them, as like totally different people. Yeah, they have a lot of commonalities in that, you know, they're both ruthlessly moral. Yeah. I mean, ruthlessly, I mean, obviously they're hilariously funny people, but also they're hilariously good. And, yeah. and so that, um, but it was like when I remember, I remember, for example, Steve improvising the swimming pool uh, attendant <laughs> for the first time. And it was about three quarters of an hour long that only about six of us were in the room for. And it was like a like a, the best Pinter play you've ever seen just coming out. And just thinking, my God, there's such a privilege to 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 be in there. Or, or like um, there was when Partridge was being interviewed by the character Chris Morris for, I think it was the 10th anniversary DVD. They were improvising Partridge's theories about the death of Diana. I don't even, I don't even know if it went out in the end. And you just think this is, I'm so lucky to be, just be in the audience. Because I have no idea. I mean, I, how, how great an episode for us would that be? Oh, Partridge just yeah. attempted to oh, Diana. Well, after, after oh, my God. Steve, can you, uh, can you come <laughs> down? No, sorry, I'm in my helicopter, right? Sorry, Steve. <laughs> Listen, David, before we launch into today's topic and talk all things JFK, what would you say your entry-level conspiracy was? Like, what's the first one you remember hearing about in the playground or at school? Or Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go beyond back in the 90s, back in the 70s. Or back in the 60s. <laughs> back, so before your time, the, there was all these conspiracy theories that were like um, spontaneous combustion and the Bermuda Triangle. What happened to that? That was, everyone True. was talking about the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle. Heavy electricity. Yeah, yes, there was all these... Oh, yeah, heavy electricity. That was one of my favourite ones. I think that is... See, that shows that you're younger than me. Because for me, the Bermuda Triangle was the big one, hence the Barry Manilow yeah. song. And then oh, there was yeah. Bigfoot. And then there was... What's his name? Eric Von Daniken, who did these books about the pyramids and the aliens building the pyramids. That was a big one. The, you there know was, what? It's crazy, actually. We've had some guests on the show who seem to actually think right. this is yeah, not quite, that crazy. Quite, yeah, 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 yeah. So, in fact, that's, you know, a previous <coughs> episode in the season available, uh, available, available now. now. But I want you to do one on the Bermuda Triangle because, you oh, know, yes. it, paradoxically or ironically, it itself has disappeared. It has. Uh, as, <laughs> as a concept. It's gone in. So there's some sort of Bermuda Triangle for conspiracy theories where the Bermuda Triangle Maybe has we just don't fly through it anymore. Yeah. Everyone just avoids it. Google Maps. Yeah, it's like, just, like, just sort of constantly. Away. Yeah, like Russia and the Bermuda Triangle. Everyone <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> flies over them now. So listen, let's get back to what we're talking about today. Well, we're looking at who shot the 35th president of the United States, JFK, who died by gunfire. I think we all agree he died by gunfire. Yes. Oddly, that's sort of not really been disputed since it did happen in the middle of a parade with hundreds of witnesses and quite a lot of footage. Uh, there were, of course, TV cameras. Quite famously, a sort of local businessman was filming it uh, as sort of led to various theories. Uh, he was 46 years old. It happened in 1963 when Joel was barely an adolescent. <laughs> um, and the official story is fairly straightforward. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, a quite strange guy with actually a really big, deep history and conspiracy sort of stuff himself. Well, you know what his name really was, right? Jack Ruby, which was short for... Rubin Stein. Wow. Just Hold on, saying. Jack Ruby. Wasn't Jack Ruby the Jack, person who no, shot that's me? Who Jack, Jack, well, no, that's what yeah. I'm saying. You like, have somewhat. I'm just saying that yeah. I uh -huh. may have genetically killed. be involved in the death 
of Wow. Wow. That sorted that then. I, you I, shot JK. I I've done it. I nearly I nearly just had an amazing literal and uh for some reason I came this close to saying Linton Crosby for the <laughs> Harvey Oswald. <laughs> well Linton Crosby. We'll shot come on JFK. to him later. Well so, I accidentally said, Oh my god, you shot JK and I don't know what that means. <laughs> no no what's going on in I, my this time that would be a very <laughs> bad yeah, idea. The yeah. turfs would go I'm crazy. I've just gotta keep my subconscious under control there. So yeah, Linton Crosby, not a suspect. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald from the book depository fired three shots, one of which went through uh, JFK's right shoulder into his neck, killing him. Jackie Anassis famously never washed the uh, outfit. So sad. So, and it's still in the National Archives of the US. Is it? Unwashed and family orders will never be displayed in public before at least 2,103. No way. I can't wait to see it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something to live for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, Lee Harvey Oswald was very quickly arrested. Previous guest and friend of the show, Adam Curtis, may feature him fairly heavily in his uh, most recent uh, series. And then, you know, as tends to happen, the sole suspect in the killing of a president, obviously you're not going to guard him very well, so he was shot and killed two days, seven hours after doing it. That's the great bit in the Oliver Stone. Oswald! Yeah, yeah. By Jack Ruby, a.k.a. Jolly and Ruby uh, Stone. A.k.a. Mate. Yeah, yeah, it all makes sense now. No big deal. So, yeah. just saying, guys. That's that's that. And guys, that's, don't be all, like, jealous. I just that's well, no one enough. To, look, I know I was very directly involved, so, but it's no big deal. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what everyone agrees happened. Can but I ask yeah. a question? Has anyone else actually been to the spot? Because I, I have actually, I, I've I actually was, never been to Dallas. So I was filming in Dallas for the Revolutionary Televised, speaking to some wonderful pro-lifers, mm. uh, lovely, lovely, lovely chaps. people. And I realised that my hotel was looking straight out onto the grassy knoll, and so I actually went down there. And I have to say, you know, we've all seen the pictures, but it's actually quite a small area, and the the actual turning which mm. this was the main point, which it was perfect for Crossfire, mm. was, you know, I really felt this kind of really emotional sort of resonance when I got there because in many ways... Did it ways, bring back fond memories? It did, yes. <laughs> but in many ways, and I think this is fair to say, even though it was notional, this sense of JFK's Camelot and this sort of hopeful narrative, you know, what I'm saying is, in reality, it wasn't quite like that, as mm. we all know, but the, the sort of the promise of you know, this sort of much more youthful, liberal, inclusive, hopeful narrative. And I think in most popular culture, right, we look at that as that was the death of all of that, right? I mean, that was the I, time I think that's where... the romance. Yeah, that's that's exactly. The story, right. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the image much more than the reality. Of course. There were murky politics around Kennedy, which is part of why yes. it's persisted. Yes. But do you think, I mean, how much responsibility in a way in terms of popular culture does like you know, uh, Oliver Stone have. Because, oh, I mean, that right. film really was like, right, we'll just throw everything into the cauldron. Yeah, he probably killed Jeff. It was him, wasn't it? Because it's like... He got the most out of it. He got, or yeah. Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, what a what an what understated a performance. performance that oh, is. God. <laughs> Can I just, for a moment, you have mentioned the uh, the safe word, grassy knoll. Yes. Um, I, I love, I think one of the reasons I love this conspiracy, I mean, I was born in 1963, and my I don't remember this moment, but my mum always talks about the neglect. I feel a lot of my personality is because of her shock at the uh, Kennedy assassination. Um, that's why I'm a comedian. But I love 
the word knoll, which you never hear without the word grassy. Is there a concrete knoll? Can you have a wooden knoll? Did you see this the other week? I still do Wordle. Uh, I still see people tweet about it. And uh, knoll was the Wordle word of the day about sort of a month ago or so. Oh, my God. Um, And it was amazing how many people were going, is that a word? I don't think that's a word. I've never (laughs) seen that. And then there was just really anyone sort of 25 or older, just kind of going, grassy knoll, yeah, yeah, grassy yeah, yeah. knoll, grassy fucking knoll. maybe the youngsters have got a point that it isn't a word, that that's the biggest wind-up of all. <laughs> it's not a word. Yeah, they just Someone it. said, let's call that mound, that hill, hill, uh, your small hillock, a knoll and see if we can spread that. That <laughs> yeah. is what we should get to the bottom Yeah, maybe that. it's not an actual word, but that's just the name of that particular hill. And it's called grassy knoll. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Right by where I live, there's a, a hill that's called Hoo Hole. So, you know, okay. Hoo Hole. Hoo Hole. Yeah. So it's like Henman Hill, Grassy yeah. Knoll. Uh, yeah. Maybe there was a, a, a mayor of, of Dallas called Grassy. We've said it so many times that I'm now thinking, you know, as of when I have a child, I might call it Grassy Knoll. So oh. I'm going to introduce here one of my favorite conspiracy theories in amongst the wealth that we're going to talk about. Do you guys know who Max Jacobson is? No, so but Max, it sounds like I met him at a bar mitzvah. So Max Jacobs, he, you, you could have. He was an East German Jew who's otherwise known as Dr. Feelgood. Have you heard of Dr. Feelgood? Yes. yes. So Dr. Feelgood, JFK's personal physician. Who oh, not, literally, the, not the band. No, not the band. Uh, okay. Who was literally pumping him full of methamphetamine. And a lot of people argue that the biggest, you know, scandals in JFK's life was not his dalliances with many women, Marilyn Monroe amongst them, but in fact was his health, right? Because his health, which was obviously sort of pushed out as this youthful, sporty, sort of, you know, powerful man, he was actually, you know, riddled with illness. He had... He but, was actually 135 years but, old. But thanks to clean, nutritious mess, who sponsored this true? episode, yeah. he wow. could project the image of well, health. I've been doing a, I've been doing a scripture thing on it for a while. And what's fascinating is that when basically they gave him like injections into his straight into his voice box before Nixon and him went up to do the famous televised debate off his absolute bonds. We, we, we do that with you before the pod. Don't <laughs> well, we don't like to talk about the amount of methamphetamine that the Breaking Bad That's guys in your larynx. Aaron yes. Paul just comes in, lays it out. It's no big deal. Um, <laughs> he was off his bonds then, but obviously also these monumental moments, like, you know, Marilyn singing, you know, happy birthday. Mm. Again, off her absolute tree because he just put a hypodermic needle in her, pumped her full of methamphetamine. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> well, absolutely. But it gets even oh, more interesting because basically then the KGB worked out that JFK was going to this private physician in New York because he was doing everything. He was doing like, um, you know, people like uh, Truman Capote, um, you know, uh, Cecil DeMille, you know, all these super famous pe- luminaries of the time. And Marilyn, as they started kind of breaking up, all also off her box, started going around, starting to say things like he'd JFK had told her stuff about Roswell, that he'd been involved <laughs> in sort of spilling secrets. Wow. And many on that, the sort of fringes of this like academia around it, believe that one of the reasons he could have been offed by the security services was because he was so high so much that he was getting seriously loose-lipped with deep state secrets that people like Marilyn (laughs) were pushing out. Mm. So what do you say to that, Mr. Cynical James Ball? 
if the US had a functioning deep state, it would be uh, a much, much saner country than it is. I just want to make maybe, yeah. he, maybe, wo- he works for George Soros. Maybe, right. okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do exactly. actually. In many ways, we all do. Well, so, well, well he actually I do actually does. work. Do you? actually gets no, paid by him. I, about a quarter of my salary comes from George so Soros. So you can never... Directly in a brown envelope. You can wow. never trust that the New World Order <laughs> aren't actually putting microchips in your face through that coffee when you're sitting wow. there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, but Bill Gates, Bill Gates pays some of the rest as well. <laughs> yeah, of course Bill Gates Genuinely. Uh, so yeah this is the uh, conspiracy podcast brought to you by the Illuminati <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, my this god. is in many ways the Illuminati after party you know <laughs> oh my god great. why didn't we call the podcast that <laughs> oh no that would have been really the good, Illuminati after party that's great America we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. David, why do we talk about the grassy doll? I feel like more people know about the doll than about why everyone's obsessed with it. Why do we talk about it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Where does it come into the theory? Well, you're the experts, but, <laughs> but I, even not as an expert, it's the theory that there was another gunman on the grassy knoll. There's another shooter on this grassy knoll. Yeah, and the magic bullet. Oh, the, there's the magic bullet, obviously, the, yes. where, which that would mean there wasn't a grassy knoll shooter. Yeah, right. I think, but I think, I mean, we were joking about the knoll word earlier, but I think part of the reason why the conspiracy sticks is because it's such a funny word. Yeah. <laughs> and people go... Oh, no, that sounds <laughs> suspicious. Let's get the knoll in uh, and in, interview suspicious it. Suspicious something, something sticky about that word that, that makes you think, yeah, it's probably uh, probably was a shit. Let's break it down for people who may not know the background to this, which is that, obviously, he was shooting Oswald, supposedly from, am I getting this right? He wasn't on the knoll. No. This was the he second was, shooter. He was the Texas School Book Depository. Yes, the yes. Book Depository, yeah. which famously looks down straight upon at a nice right angle yes. to take the the uh, the oncoming car that was part of this, you know, because he had an open-top car, didn't he? Silly. Yeah, yeah, Should have yeah. realised I mean, if, if you're going to do a parade, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, sort yeah. of helpful. Unbelievable. Although, you will notice, US presidents don't really go around in convertibles anymore. No, I wonder why, in Dallas. But but that's but he was on in the depository. But the clearest shot for him was before the car turned the corner. Yeah, yes. that's that's why it just seems bizarre that he would wait that long if, mm. if he was on his own, isn't it? So, um, so it should be said this is one of the most widely believed conspiracy theories yes. in the world. Um, more than half of Americans believe it. Uh, if you think Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone and killed JFK without orders from anyone or anything else, you are, I think, in a minority of about one in three people. Mm. Um, but no one could agree on what the conspiracy was, which leads to this genuinely joyous statistic that uh, was put together by a former Los Angeles district attorney. And he says that a total of 42 groups... 82 assassins and 214 people <laughs> wow. have been accused at one time or another of being involved in yeah. different conspiracies. Yeah, yeah. And it goes from everyone to Fidel Castro, to the CIA, to the FBI, to the mafia, to yeah. 
Um, I, I quite like the idea of it being sort of, you know, the Agatha Christie style and maybe all of them teamed up. 100%. And there, there were actually 82 shooters. Like the Avengers. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, A bit like yeah. the Avengers before. But let's break that down. So let, first of all, let's get into the mafia stuff. So he was connected to Sam Giancana, who was at the time the mafioso boss, right? He supposedly shared a girlfriend with Marilyn Monroe. But why would the mafia have offed him? Um, so the, this theory goes that he was going to sort of retake Cuba where the mafia had made huge profits operating casinos. Uh, and because Fidel Castro had sort of gone full communist and uh, shut all of that stuff down, uh, they'd lost a lot of money. So they helped him to, you know, get into the presidency. I mean, there were various vote count irregularities, et cetera, where they, you know, they may have actually genuinely helped him get the presidency. Right, because they were like running Chicago and doing yeah. that stuff. Um, and also, you know, does the Bay Chicago... of Pigs come in here? Does the well, Bay this, of Pigs is, come this in? is essentially, yes, he totally failed to retake Cuba they felt that he hadn't upheld his side of the bargain as well as, you know, fucking around and being a liability in other ways. And so... So is this fair to say that just, if you don't know what the Bay of Pigs is, it was essentially a group of Cuban dissidents funded surreptitiously through the CIA that were basically brought in to literally land on the beaches of Cuba and retake the country. And it did not go well. And it did not go well Because he refused air cover for them, yes, I think. That it was yes, that was Something yeah. like that, yeah. And there was huge anger about this within yeah. the sort of Florida-based Cuban exile community because they thought they were going to get backed, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the the Bay of Pigs sort of, you know, really had all the grace and dignity of Boris Johnson's last week as a <laughs> Conservative Party leader. You know, it, yeah. it, it went about as well. Was it the Bay of Greased Piglets? <laughs> yeah, we've just been through. Yeah. Oh, God. What is the genuine evidence that still kind of stands up today that he was assassinated by an intelligence organisation. I mean, the problem is it's it's not so much evidence as questions, and you can always sort of come up with new questions and gaps in anything. You know, if you look at, say, 7-7 truthers, mm. you know, we haven't got into that. But at first, there were quite garbled messages. So people talked about an explosion under the rails, or they talked about an electric surge. And, you know, I work in news gathering, the first stuff you hear is always very garbled. Mm. And then it usually takes about 24 hours and you start to get sense. It's like every school shooting in America, you always hear that there's a second shooter mm. and there never turns out to be a second yeah, shooter. Yeah. And so people use the confusion of the early moments to sort of tear things apart. And, you know, paranoia is the sort of central culture of America. You know, mm. they're coming to take our guns, they're coming to take our freedoms, you know, mask wearing. It's, it's been built into the psyche for a long time, including in the security services. And so there's loads of reasons to think a foreign leader or organised crime or all of that could happen. But actually, that'd be interesting your thoughts on this, David. I think part of it is the world makes more sense if someone assassinated him, mm. that if it's that easy for one sort of lone... You know, he was military chained. He was a sharpshooter. He's a former soldier. Like, you know, he was good with guns. So it's quite, you know, there's yeah. that. But the idea that just one lone nut can off the president 
you know, the most powerful man in the world, I think scares people. I think that's yeah. too random. I mean, I think it is like the Sarajevo shots that started the World War One. You know, that is yeah. a scary thing. Uh, and I'm just doing research for a film that I'm writing with Armando about the Nazis who, spoiler alert, really aren't nice people. Um, but, <laughs> you heard it here yeah, first. Are we, guys. Are we the <laughs> yeah, bad guys? Yeah. So, but you see how Hitler being in a mood... For instance, he was a bit tired when uh, the Normandy invasion took place. And uh, he'd made it that you can only move the panzer divisions on his say-so. But he had a, a lie down and obviously no one wanted <laughs> to wake him up. So it, those few hours where he was a bit tired uh, allowed the invasion to, to no succeed. And way. you just think on that, the whole of history turns. So history wow. is like that. But to get back to... To JFK, I think one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it, and thank you for talking about it, um, well, was that you'd already done the Jewish thing with Dave Baddiel. I'm always Dave, <laughs> Dave Baddiel's replacement, and uh, it's, it's an honour. Let's, um, let's say successor. Yeah, yeah, if you like, yeah. No, it's a role that I embrace. I, I, when people say, can you come and do this event? I don't, because it would put them in a difficult position. I say, has Dave Baddiel turned it down? Uh, and normally he has. Um, but, um, but one of the reasons is because I do believe in this conspiracy. I don't know which of the 82 possible assassins did it, but it's so preposterous that it would be Lee Harvey Oswald um, that I do believe in this conspiracy. And once you start believing in one conspiracy, they say it's contagious. And that's where do you, you know, that obviously I think the sort of 5G conspiracy is nonsense. Um, but am I, in believing the JFK thing, am I as stupid as people who, who say Bill Gates is injecting you with microchips? I, I think it's probably healthier than a lot of other conspiracies mm. in that, you know, the once you believe COVID is a hoax or 5G is a conspiracy or, you know, Bill Gates is trying to sterilise the world, you need tens of thousands of people to be acting in this corrupt, shady, organised way, yes. you know, and knowingly being evil. Yes. I think there was more to JFK's death than, you know is let on. That could be five or six corrupt CIA people. It could be Fidel Castro, who most of us don't think was a great guy. Uh, it could be the mafia who exists. Yes. It's a lot more plausible because mm. it could be a small group. Still but, quite a big group, isn't it? It's I not, mean, it's not yeah. reassuring, but yeah. also we know that the CIA and FBI were dodgy as hell in that era. Yeah, yeah. You know, Talking about the era of Hoover. Yeah, know, I mean, Hoover's collection. Yeah, Hoover, you know, famously sort of blackmailed all of his rivals, despite having a rather colourful private life of uh, his own. Yeah, to put it mildly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, you know... You, but that's the thing where you not... go, the Trump guys with their deep state nonsense, yeah. they've lost it. But when it comes to JFK, you go, the deep state did it and the CIA and yeah. the FBI, and you're spouting the same sort of stuff that the Trump people are spouting. Do you know that... what I find really fascinating about it is it's, for me, absolutely intermeshed with the realities of the gigantic trauma brought on through the technology because those pictures went all around mm. the world. Television was still a relatively new mass invention and the sort of ability to then follow and particularly then also, you know, the assassination of Oswald himself so quickly after, yeah. you know, the, the death of the president and those, you know, enduring well, it, it pictures. Was, it was as also said. as well, I mean, he was the first televisual president. Yeah, you know, totally. Nick, he beat Nixon because of the televised debate. When he was off his tits on meth. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was great at the image, at the visual, at that. 
And so it's so weirdly eerily poetic mm. that he sort of died yeah. on television. I'm not sure he'll see it like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have him as a special guest. Yeah. He's joining us now. No, that's JFK Jr. Because that's oh. the big... I mean, this is where it all comes up to date, right? Which well, is a huge part of QAnon is this idea that somewhere in the background, JFK Jr. is still alive. Who and is JFK sort of, Jr.? Is, so it's not JFK? No, so no. it's Ted Kennedy's... Right? Uh, yes. Son. Ted Kennedy's son. Right. And he, te- well, very sadly died, I think, in, in a plane, plane crash. crash. Yes. Oh, right. But the theory is he is either supporting Donald Trump from behind the scenes or that he is Donald Trump. He, or that he's Q, no? Uh, that's that's right. been another gotcha. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, I mean, because, of course, Robert Kennedy was also assassinated, mm. there's, there's this whole mythology that's grown around and become QAnon, especially because Trump sort of, did his bizarre attack on Ted Cruz. Yeah. Uh, where he implied Ted Cruz's father was involved in the assassination of JFK. Um, That's 83 people who were involved. <laughs> he, yeah. uh, no, he is in, among oh, the 82. In the, okay. It is fascinating. Uh, because I think he was once pictured with Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> uh, I don't know if the picture was a Photoshop or not. Right. Um, but... Because Trump well, who cares? sort of it's just a journalist yeah. because <laughs> because Trump brought up well it was National Enquirer I think that ran the <laughs> well, picture always and very so, accurate you know every now and then they sort of write about something though it's, it's even it's, more it's crazy really than the thing is as well it's important to say like until you live in the states for a while like the Kennedy family you know went back beyond uh, JFK. You know, his father was a huge figure in the Irish-American sort of political fraternity, who's also quite far right. So and I've, then I've had dinner at home with one of the Anassises. No, you haven't. Oh, have I you? have. Really? What is the plural of Anassis, though? Anassai? Anassi Day? I mean, you, you were private... sounding like Opus Day. <laughs> you, were, you were privately educated, Joel. You must know We this. didn't do Latin in Steiner <laughs> schools. I, did. I think it's probably Anassis. Anassis. Yes, yes. One of the Anassis. But that, I mean, it was it was incredible when you start realizing sort of the the, the scale of this political family's influence and that you know running JFK, you know the chosen. Son. I mean, it's it's inconceivable uh, to those of us who've grown up with modern American politics that right. one family could have disproportionate uh, political yeah. influence and power. Who would have thought the Clintons and the Trumps <laughs> are possibly you know? But the thing about the, the the assassination is, I am with David here. You see, is I think that in this particular case, this is where cleaving between. Real conspiracy and conspiracy theory Mm. is so important because the weight of empirical evidence, the amount of players who had genuine objections, because the talk was, a a lot of people would say, was that in the first two terms, sorry, two years, because he actually died between the second and the third year of his uh, first term as president, was yeah, really and, and then didn't get a second term after that. <laughs> and then happened to be dead. <laughs> he probably would now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just voting the dead guy. But the, but he was really on the cusp, supposedly, of really changing the game in terms of civil rights legislation, in terms of, you know, making sure that uh, you know, healthcare provision was going to be changed. And a lot of people believe that a lot of the sort of policies that he had to change, the economic modelling was just, and the social modelling was just as sort of inflammatory to the then power structures within the, I mean, almost exclusively white CIA at the time, exclusively white security services. And that's, you know, when we talk about 
quote unquote deep state actors, that should never really be confused with, you know, organizations within the state apparatus of America that do operate independently with very little oversight. I mean, of course, one of the interesting things about Kennedy conspiracies, just like any other major event conspiracies, is they're always mutually contradictory. So either Kennedy was a complete shambles with falling apart health, he was, you know, erratic and nowhere, or he was about to transform America with a radical program. You know, it's you can't really be both. But people pick whichever one appeals. Yeah. And that's the nice thing. You can sort of it's it's like a, a buffet at a hotel. Well what did the what did the courts rule, James? Like what were the actual official lines that the American government Okay, gave? so I'll I'll take one particular one because it's it's the most interesting really. It's uh, so in nineteen sixty four there was the Warren Commission which basically concluded Oswald acted alone. He fired three shots within about a five-second window, uh, which actually with the rifle he did is perfectly possible uh, for a skilled sort of marksman, which he was. So they sort of went, yeah, that was that. That sort of stood with very few people actually believing it for about 15 years. And then the House Select Committee on Assassinations found that he was killed by Oswald, but that there was a second gunman. Mm. Now, this was based on uh, some acoustic evidence. And so you know how police have body cameras that they turn on when it's convenient for them now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. They had what were called dicta belts then. <laughs> D- <laughs> dicta belts? Now, yeah. What? I cannot believe I've never heard that before. Dicta belts? I mean, surely you can buy that in Ann Summers. <laughs> sounds <laughs> amazing. Very, yeah. Sir, that's going in something Sir. soon. <laughs> Other sex toy retailers are available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, a dicta belt. A yeah. dicta belt, yes. So you can see why they... I mean, you really would have thought they'd rebrand those, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, but essentially, the 1979 House Select Committee said that this got like professional analysis of this done and found that it sort of had extra gunshots on it versus mm. the three that were officially fired. And that's why they ruled that there was a second gunman. There was a problem. The guy whose recording it was uh, wasn't there. He turned up on a motorbike a minute after the shooting, and the footage that they were analysing was from a minute afterwards. No. What? <laughs> yeah. That's mad. And so... Well, there was more gunshots a minute later. No, what? it just... Well, the most... There were no gunshots oh, on it, and it wasn't even of the right time. Right. And so in 1982, a panel of 12 scientists appointed by the National Academy of Sciences including two Nobel laureates, unanimously concluded that the HSCA's evidence was seriously flawed and didn't show any additional gunshots. Wow, I did not know that. Um, Mm. But excitingly, in 2001, at a publication of the British Forensic Science Society, when, no, actually the 1982 guys were wrong, (laughs) it did show it. Wow. But then in 2005, the same journal... And the National Academy of Science team went, fuck it, we were right. Wow. Um, and, so, and then in 2016, Michael Gove said, we've had enough of experts. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, so he's gone right. Make it up yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we, you know, the new conspiracist, now Michael Gove is unemployed, are going yeah. to commission Michael Gove so, to do a full independent investigation. So I lost track a little bit then. So the latest one was that the extra gunshots was right. 
was wrong. Was wrong. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it was basically, it was two guys in 2001 went, hey, that panel of 12 experts and two Nobel laureates, they don't know shit. Right. But they came back in, well, some of the surviving ones in in 2005 and went, fuck you, we got this right. But of course, it wasn't just about that evidence. I mean, uh, the noted expert Oliver Stone uh, (laughs) threw tons of stuff. You know, the Warren report didn't uh, ask all these questions of all these people. Um, They were very selective. Um, So, yeah, there was... Oh, of of course. I mean, there's so, so much around it. You've kind of got to... You know, I was picking one thread, which was the second shooter, and the acoustic evidence, and you know, everyone likes pointing at the 1979 one that found the second, you know, because it found a second shooter. Right, but actually, that looks to be wrong. Right, but that doesn't mean that Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't paid off and then bumped off. It doesn't mean it wasn't Moscow or Fidel. Is it or possible that it. Kevin Costner did it? I mean, David, just secretly. Oh uh, yes, you for know, his career. made the film as a sort of good excuse. To play the main guy who was actually but saying do you this think couldn't have happened. It was like a four-year-old Kevin Costner. Yes. Who did it knowing yeah. that in the future right. he would have this part that would really give him is a this, chance. Is this like when Maggie Simpson shot Mr. Burns? Yes. And also <laughs> maybe, James, he used time travel to go, maybe uh, when he was making Waterworld or something. Wait, are we about to accuse Greta Thunberg of this? It is possible that it's Greta's fault. <laughs> wow. Um, so this podcast we, we is just... brought to you by ExxonMobil. Uh, and, um, but, we we would know. just like to say, I'm sure if she was aware of the allegation, Greta Thunberg would deny any wrongdoing. <laughs> but um, what I really want to understand, I wonder, David, what you think about this, is is this really, you know, I guess along with the moon landings, is this the absolutely fundamental building block of why conspiracy theories have just become such a huge part of our public consciousness? Yeah, I think I, I wouldn't say the moon landings because I think the moon landings is clearly bullshit. But um, what, as in the idea we landed on the moon then. is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people really believe that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, shit. the conspiracy theory about the moon landings, I should say. Yeah, good or point. the moon itself. Yeah, the yeah. moon is bullshit. <laughs> the moon is bullshit. But it's like that terrible thing about. Uh, stereotype where sometimes in stereotypes I'm not going to say which ones the Jews uh, that there's a grain of truth and the problem with the JFK the gays cons- really do love fashion and controlling <laughs> the media I don't like to say but I'm not going to be drawn on what grains of truth and which stereotype this is getting but, quite Jewy and gay uh, I, I actually cost, I do quite it? like the idea of us just clipping you saying which stereotypes about different groups are, are and aren't correct you know yeah. that would go um, great on social it would certainly do well let's say um, but um, in in the world of conspiracy theories, the JFK one clearly seems, to, for me, is clearly believable. There's yeah. clearly something up. And it's the fact that that is clearly a conspiracy, as you say, as opposed to a theory, um, that gives support to all these other conspiracies. Because mm. if if they could try and hide the JFK thing, if they could try and hide assassinating a president, they can certainly hide the microchips or they can certainly hide the moon landings or aliens, whatever. I struggle because I so hate other conspiracy theories but I buy into this one. Me too. You know, yeah, I just... but I I do think it's because I find it a lot easier to believe it was a lone killer post Donald Trump, because I just think however close to power you are, however many politicians you've met, whatever, 
there's a bit of your brain that thinks there's some secret grown-ups that know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And we tend to assume it's the spy agencies because we know it's not the boss of the Department of Health. Or, yeah. you know, the poor person at the home office who's having to complain <laughs> that Pretty Patel's bullying them. Mm. You know, they don't feel like they're running a shadow state. So it tends to become the boss of the CIA, the boss of the NSA, MI5, MI6, because we never see or hear from them. You know, in, in reality, you know, MI6 has all the IT outages and brown bag lunches and you know, trustful management away days that all yeah. the rest of us do. But because they're nice and invisible, we assume they know what they're doing. And then you watch something like the Trump presidency for four years and the horror show and the chaos and the dysfunction and no one being able to keep the show on the road. And you sort of realise, actually, shit, they're a lot more human and a lot more normal yeah. than the rest of us. And so, you know what, Secret Service fucked up. It was open. There was a weird sort of, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald was such a deeply odd character and counterculture figure mm. um, that maybe it was just that. You know, I, I sort it of was found just what? It, it was, was just, just him. Maybe, you know, yeah. I think... Just, I just find, used another word like yeah. Noel that, that was, okay, was Patsy. <laughs> yes, you know, the Patsy! I've never heard of that before or after, but, but you know, I can't believe I, that I, I learned, he could fire yeah. those shots. I learned this week that the word milk toast came after like a na- named comic strip or something. Rand, I mean, it's, weird it's very sad as well because today we're actually recording on the day where the former Japanese president has actually been assassinated. Prime Minister. Prime Minister, sorry. Yeah, Shin- been a, Shinzo Abe. Shinzo Abe, yeah, yeah take, so, like, taken down an election rally. That's going to shock Japan, I think, I mean, possibly on a even level. more than Kennedy. I mean, That's never happened in Japan. No, and Japan ever. also just has, I mean, it has no gun violence. Um, yeah. I. The, the device actually looked homemade or yeah. 3D printed or that kind of thing. Do we know who he was? No, or? we don't, no, know, we don't um, know much at the moment. There's some quite dangerous speculation imagine, in yeah. um, Japanese press. But at the time of recording, he's, he's been arrested. Mm. But Japan has extremely low violence and no gun violence. And really, that's going to shape a nation. And of course, actually, as, you know, there are theories in Japan going around already. Mm. And actually, there's concerns among you know, different embassies, et cetera, yeah. sort of saying who's behind it. And it's actually, you know, um, Weibo, which is sort of China's version of Twitter, nine of the top 10 trending topics are about Shinzo Abe. I mean, China and Japan have a very complex and difficult yes. relationship. And so, you know, that's probably going to be the birth of... All kinds of conspiracies. A whole different mm. general, and it, you know, it's a very different culture. So they, they'll be different types. But... I think. I think the thing is as well. Like I actually agree with David. Like for me, the assassination of JFK is not a conspiracy theory. Like I believe. Does uh, that mean we have to can the episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've always said, James, there are <laughs> no, some of we, these conspiracies yeah. that it's been actually since the first season. We've that always we had a few had one where it's like true, yeah. I actually believe this is true. Yeah. But what I mean is that it's not impossible that an individual can get to a figure mm. and take them out and just be a quote-unquote classic lone wolf, mm. right? Because that was the phrase, right, as well with Patsy. Yeah. He's a lone wolf. That was, yeah. Wasn't that the first lone wolf? So well, that was the chat was. initially. I think it was, yeah. And then, that's where and, then, from. and then the thing that I find so fascinating is, you know, Kennedy was and and has this, it feels like there's still so many secrets because it's still so alive, right, in the culture. Yeah, and it's, it's odd. I mean, you know... You were babies this happened, David. We weren't born. Yeah. Mm. And yet it's something we're fascinated by. And, you know, it's not as if we always sort of wonder about her, you know, Wilson or he yeah. is it. Yeah. I think it's because we're, we're not compelled with it. Because he but, still has that hope connected with him. But I think it's also, it was the first televisual 
tragedy, if you like. Yes. I mean, there were others, but it was no, no, such a right. major... In the way that for us, for everyone around this table, I think like 9-11 was the first live tragedy. Yes. Uh, or, you know, I mean, obviously loads and loads of other tragedies, but the, a, a moment where the world's tectonic plates shift. Maybe Berlin Wall. You could argue Berlin Wall as well, I, I guess. Are you saying the fall of the Berlin Wall was a tragedy? No, 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 not a tragedy, <laughs> but that moment, that kind of explosive... It's, yeah, but that's... Yeah, there was sort of a sort of build-up to that, mm. you know, and then it was like very moving but the Kennedy assassination like 9-11 was just from nowhere and was visual uh, and that's why it's sort of so imprinted and it changed everything. It, it's yeah, it's also- partially that he was this uh, sort of good looking guy, but I mean it hasn't, you know, it obviously it hasn't had the same historical impact as these televisual events, but I do remember right in the early days of Twitter, uh, the um, assassination of uh, Osama bin Laden oh my being oh live God. tweeted yes. by some dude who happened to live around the corner. Um, <laughs> and he's saying, oh, there's helicopters here. And there's, you know, yeah. uh, I remember thinking, wow, because, you know, live tweeting, was, you know, we did it for the X Factor. But but then there was this and you just thought, wow, that's the potential yes. of this. Uh, is incredible. I, 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 think Arab I, Spring. I think back in yes. about uh, 2008, 2009, nine i probably had about 800 followers and um the train i was on caught fire <laughs> and <laughs> my first instincts it was only like a minor engine fire but the carriage is filling with smoke there's like oil streaming down the window and i just started tweeting about of it. course and then like someone went you have moved down the train haven't you and i hadn't <laughs> <laughs> I'd literally just sat in the carriage, so merrily kind of cheating. Uh, and I went up to 3,000 followers. <laughs> and, uh, Unbelievable. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know if enough time has passed to conjecture about Jackie Onassis in the social media age actually sort of going Instagram live for the... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Probably still well, too I mean, soon. There is the horrifying thing of this in that people are going out and doing shootings and live and for, streaming. Course, yeah, 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 Twitch. You know, if if Kennedy was the first like moment that showed, you know, what the visual can do and how yeah. different it is. But people now sort of, you know, because it's so easy to make a video and put it out to an yeah, unlimited yeah. audience, people are sort of doing that as part of it. You know, they want that footage. But as we there. see, it's, it's a battleground now, you know, with Ukraine and Russia, you know, that's the social media footage. It's a battleground. And, you know, um, everyone knows the impact of, of the visual. It's a crowded field now, whereas I guess with JFK... It wasn't a crowd. This, this is a, the exactly. Zabrucker or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, that, yes, and, it and, was. Yes. You know, for my conspiracy mind, they didn't think that there, anyone would be filming it in that way. No. So that's where the visual and that's the sort of first bit of, you know, is pre-social media. It's like, you know, I don't know. What was his name? Zabrucker? Yeah. yeah. You, you know, the it's only... first ever, you, you know, yeah, UCG, isn't it? I think yeah. he got paid $200,000 for the footage, you know. Right. No way. Um, but he was only filming it. It wasn't particularly excited that you know it was going down to watch but he wasn't like yeah. his secretary suggested that he might use it to test out the new camera wow what um, a moment i do not know be. if he shared any of the money with her wow. can you believe it right listen we're getting to that part of the podcast where we need to decide whether this theory is a conspiracy theory we think is a fugazi or we think it's real deal stuff so David. Well, I've I've made my position absolutely clear. <laughs> Sounding like a politician again, but Sir. yeah, it's it's a real conspiracy. You Abs- heard it here first. Uh, David Schneider is standing for his... The, the yes. Lee Harvey Oswald is innocent party. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm with David. I believe this conspiracy is real. I think that there is still 
too many unanswered questions and the agendas that he represented, although, you know, they've become mythic in proportion and blown out of all scale of what really would have been achieved, even in two terms, if you've had two full terms. I believe there's enough evidence there to support the idea that he was not just assassinated by one man. I'm going to go all milk toast centrist and uh, say, I think Lee Harvey Oswald did it acting <gasps> alone. James! But I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think there are good reasons and plausible reasons for lots of different institutions to have knocked him off. And so I can see why people think there's more to it. But the simple physics, James. But what about the simple... And why was he murdered the next day then? Two days. Two Two days days later. later. Yeah. yeah, Sometimes sometimes the world is strange. Is there a weird conspiracy theory that you do believe? (laughs) Do you not Um, believe... Annoyingly, I I believe on Elon Musk believes. I think we're living in a computer simulation. Oh, what a cop-out. Come on. What? That's that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. That's you a philosophical thing. I mean, yeah. look, this is, this is... Yeah, at dinner party, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, tell me more. You're oh, so interesting. So tell me about Whereas... Descartes and brains in vats. Yeah. You're so interesting. That's going on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Wilson, David, uh, unbelievably, some people listening to this podcast may not follow you on Twitter. So where can they find you on Twitter? Yes, I mean, I'm on a break at the moment, but it's at David Schneider on Twitter. It's at David Schneider UK because I'm proud. Because he's proud. Um, at, uh, on Instagram. Um, yeah. So, David, listen, I know you can't tell us too much, but come on, whet our appetite a little. What are you and I up to? Well, yes, we're writing about... It's a movie. It's a movie about the Nazis. Oh, wow. Uh, and, yes, I mean, it's not... I mean, it's good that there's finally going to be a movie about that. I know. I think Is it's Jason under... going to be another general? Well... I don't think it's going to be a comedy, put it that way. Oh, it's wow. so, so grim. But were they you surprised were... about just how funny Death of Stalin was? Because that's quite serious as well in many ways. Yeah, it's, but we always set out to write a comedy there. Yeah. A sort of dark, dark comedy. We always went, just write the truth. And the yeah. truth was just absurdly funny. I mean, we even had to dial down the truth because it seemed so ridiculous. They, uh, at the start, there's uh, they go and get a reserve conductor. Um, but in the uh, re- in the reality, the reserve conductor that they, they got um, was pissed. And so they had to get a, a, another conductor. <laughs> no way. But it's just so preposterous. Um, so that won't mean much if you haven't seen the film. So please see the film. Oh, you've got to um, see it. But uh, yeah, so we were always thinking about being honest and it's such a bleak you know in these very bleak situations i mean we've made some jokes that are pretty bleak uh, during this discussion um there is comedy in the darkness so there will be comedy in as much as truthfully people did laugh in the dark situations but it's 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 a pretty grim so it's about story. the nazis can you tell us anything more than that or will you get k- well, kicked in uh, your face uh, it's about nazis and jews oh good and uh, it's a love story yeah, then. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it will be really good to uh come back on this when it's oh, on, i can't wait have, because it's all about conspiracy theories so, amazing Fantastic. and it's yeah. all about how the nazis work with conspiracy theories it's it's really really well, that's, that's one return ticket booked. Amazing. Yeah. Well, from one hook-nosed Jew, Jolly and Rubinstein, 
uh, sitting here today uh, without any of the conspiracy theories. Just want to say thank you so much for coming on oh, the no. new conspiracy. And on behalf of the Gentiles, awesome. I, I shall <laughs> yeah. thank you to you. Thank and you. just remind everyone that if you've got any feedback on this episode, it is hello at newconspiracist.com or you can harangue me on Twitter at JamesRBUK because like David, I'm proud of our country. And Jolyon, where can they find you? Well, uh, this dyslexic Jolyon thought it said Jolyon Rubes, but it's, it actually is Jolyon Rubs. J-O-L-Y-O-N-R-U-B-S. Adult is. followers only. But I will tell you now, dear listener, that we are going to continue recording with David on something even more exciting, which we're going to do as the bonus episode this week. Should we tell them what it's going to be about? So we can tell you what it's going to be about. So Tier 4 Platinum Circle members, you know, exclusive benefits include a bonus podcast with David Schneider on dead cats. On dead felines. But listen, a metaphorical dead cat, oh, so we yeah, don't attract yeah. the wrong sort of listener. <laughs> uh, this, this is how I finally get Croydon Cat Killer on the show. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, as, as James said, you can email us now. We've even had our first mailbag episode now where, you know, your conspiracy theories that you are suggesting are becoming actual episodes. Hello at newconspiracist.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. You've been listening to The New Conspiracist with James Ball and me, Jolyon Rubinstein. Our producer was Hayley Clark, our engineers, Jay Beale, Josh Gibbs, Gully Lawrence Tickle and Teddy Riley. Production coordinator was Lily Hambly, our marketing coordinator, Emily Webb, and our executive producer, Alex Lawless, with additional production from Chris Skinner. <laughs> 